In a world where pet dog owners are bombarded on all sides with well-meaning training solutions steeped in confusing jargon, two dog trainers from the ancient county of Dorset share a passion for gardening, Belgian shepherds, and helping frustrated and struggling dog owners turn their unruly canine companions into the perfect walking partner. They vow to simplify the dog training process using everyday examples and solutions providing the light at the end of the tunnel. Welcome to the Fun Focus Play Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 8 of the Fun Focus Play Podcast. My name is Natasha Lewis. And I'm Wendy Halliday. And this is our second take. Yeah. We won't go into why we did the first one. (laughs) We got 20 minutes into the first take and then we discovered that we'd actually forgotten to turn the radio off. Whoops! Yeah, and unfortunately you could hear it right the way through the whole of the podcast. Yeah, so we had to scrap that one and do it all again. Yeah. So this episode we will be talking about self-control. Because self-control is really, really important for your dog. And I think I should start off by explaining what self-control really is before we go into how it applies to to our dogs and why it's so important that they learn it. So self-control really is the art of your dog being able to make the choices that we want them to make without having to nag them to do so. So it's all about your dogs making the choices on their own without any indication from us what it is that we want them to do. So, for example, when you're out walking your dog, you don't want your dog to start chasing wildlife. So, if your dog makes the choice to stay with you, then he is actually showing self-control because most dogs will chase the bunnies and the pheasants and the rabbits and... That's bunnies twice there, rabbits and bunnies. Bambi. And Bambi, yep, deer as well. So we want to be able to teach our dogs self-control so that they will choose to stay with us rather than go and do the thing that they want to do. And I think a really good way of illustrating what I mean by this is by telling you a little story. So when I was a kid, we used to meet up with family at grandma's on a Sunday. And as we had a big family, oh gosh, probably about 20, 30 people there on a Sunday. My mum comes from a, from a big family. Um, she's got 15 brothers and sisters. So, you know, with their spouses and kids, you can imagine the the chaos yeah real houseful a real houseful and on a sunday most of us would actually go and visit grandma and granddad and some of us would stay for dinner and some of us would go home but when we stayed for dinner what would happen was that all the food would be put out on the on the table and it would just be you know served from the table directly onto our plates and as kids you know it used to be mum or dad or one of the aunties that would load your plate for you. 
And inevitably, there probably was something on that plate that we didn't like. In my case, sprouts, Brussels sprouts, hate the bloody things. In my case, it'd be carrots, boiled carrots. Oh, I love carrots. Mm. Hate Brussels sprouts, but love carrots. Anyway, the rule was, though, that when we ate at Grandma's, that we had to finish what was on our plate before we were allowed to have one of my grandma's yummy desserts. And if there was one thing that my grandma was good at, was desserts. So if we wanted dessert, we had to eat everything that was on our plate, including those damned Brussels sprouts that inevitably showed up when it was sort of this time of year. Sunday lunch. Well, it was Sunday lunch. Yeah, exactly. And... We had to eat whatever was on our plate. So if we couldn't finish our dinner, we wouldn't get dessert. So it would have, it really was a case of having to eat everything that was on your plate before you could get that dessert. And that's where the self-control comes in. So if you can make yourself eat those, in my case, Brussels sprouts, then I would actually get the thing that I really, really love and that's desserts. Okay, and I still love dessert. I cannot do without dessert. But the fact that I had to eat those Brussels sprouts, that's where the self-control comes in. So the self-control is the fact that I'm doing something that I don't particularly want to do in order to get access to the thing that I want. And it's the same for dogs. So when we teach our dogs self-control, the thing that we want them to do as the standard behavior that we want them to offer might not be the thing that your dog really really wants to do it might not be that thing that your dog desires so if you've got a spaniel who likes going hunting then having to stay with you rather than going hunting will be where the self-control comes in does that make sense yep it does okay so In order for your dog to get access to the chasing of the bunnies or the exploring of the undergrowth, which a Spaniel would want to do, they would have to stick with me until I release them and tell them they can go and do what they want to do. Or you play with a ball or a toy. Yeah. So from a personal point of view, I would not encourage my dog to go and chase bunnies because that will take their attention away from me and we talked about focus and how important that is last week or actually the week before because last week was the halloween special so for me the important thing there is that my dog is doing what i wanted to do until i give them permission to do something else so for my dogs instead of chasing i would actually get them to sorry chasing wildlife i would actually get them to chase a ball or a safe stick or anything like that, a toy, to give them the outlet of the chase, but not the problems that come with chasing wildlife. Then they're chasing something that you are in control of. Exactly, and that's the whole point. So you're giving them the thing that they want, but in a safe way. Yeah? Yeah. That makes sense, I think. So for me... I think the easiest way to teach your dog self-control is by using this really simple game and it's called it's your choice or also called the choice game by some people this game is a game that actually teaches your dog self-control around food 
And for most dogs, food is something that they really, really like. So I think the, the easiest way to start teaching your dog the foundation of self-control is by using this, this little game. And basically what you do in the choice game is that you have a, a few pieces of food in your hand and you offer that hand to your dog. And then when your dog comes forward to come and help themselves, which they will inevitably do, you actually close your hand. And with some dogs, you have to start off with a closed hand because otherwise they'll get the food before you can close it. Yeah, they're much quicker than you are. Yeah, they're much quicker than you think they will be. Um, so you will you so you present your dog with the food in a closed hand or an open hand depending on how polite your dog is and then what you do is actually what your dog will do is they will investigate your hand and they will lick and they will nudge it and they will try and get into your hand to get to that food um sometimes they will even pull at your hand but you just keep your hand closed as long as they're doing that and then when they sort of sit back to sort of think about what they're doing that's when you start opening your hand but as you start opening your hand if your dog comes forward again to try and get those treats again you have to close that hand again so that they can't have access to that food until they decide to sit back and as you open your hand stay back so that you can then use your other hand to take a piece of food and give it to your dog and that's sort of the beginning of the it's your choice game and it goes on and there's different levels of that game so each level it becomes a little bit more difficult but that's the the sort of the beginning of the game and it's a brilliant game for teaching your dog the beginnings of self-control and it doesn't take them that long to realize that if they sit back and look they will get the food yeah and some dogs will actually start lying down um, and and just staring at the hand yeah they'll just completely ignore the hand because they know that's how they're they're going to get their yummy yeah and the really important thing when you are playing this game is actually to not tell your dog to leave it just let them figure it out on your own don't give them any clues about what you want don't say anything and don't go ah, ah, when they yeah. try and you know get to the food because then you're controlling their behavior yeah it's complete silence on the human behalf isn't it yeah it is yeah. yeah it's 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 you know your dog has to be your dog has to learn what it is that is required but they have to figure it out because when they figure it out the learning is so much stronger than when you actually sort of keep telling them and keep nagging them to do the right thing Yes, if you keep telling them to leave, you will always have to tell them to leave because they assume that they can have the food unless they've been told to leave. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So rather than the default being you can have the food unless I tell you to leave it, what we're actually teaching the dog here with this game is that unless I tell you you can have it. It's mine. It's mine. Yeah, so the default position is that your dog will not touch the food or even go near the food until you give them permission to do so. And that's a big difference. And I think that's a really important difference because actually that little difference can actually save your dog's life. So I think the best way to explain why this is is to tell you a little story and this is a little story about my dogs 
and the fact that I taught them this little game. And when we go and, well, when we used to go and visit Paul's mum and dad, um, his dad sadly has passed away now, um, but Paul's dad used to be on a lot of different tablets and one of those tablets was Warfarin. Oh, sorry, Warfarin. Now, we all know that that is rat poison. I think everybody probably will will know that that is actually rat poison. It's a blood thinner. And warfarin is extremely poisonous to dogs. So they only have to have a little bit and it's fatal. You know, there's not a lot they can do unless they can get to the dog in time. But it is so poisonous that it immediately starts attacking the um, the, the organs and everything. So it's, it's, it's that nasty. And quite a lot of the time when we went to visit Paul's dad, because these tablets are very small and, you know, he was getting quite frail. So inevitably he'd drop some. Yeah, fingers don't work like they fingers used to. Fingers don't work like they used to. He had arthritis and all that. And these tablets are very small. And when you've got arthritic hands, they are very difficult to pick up. Um, and... The number of times that we actually, you know, arrived at their house, let the dogs in, they go running around saying hello to everybody, and then all of a sudden they would stop and just stare at the spot on the carpet. And nine out of ten times, it was a little warfarin tablet. Now, had the default for my dogs been, you can have it unless I tell you you can't, they would have jumped in and they would have eaten it, and that would have been the end of them. But because their default was... I can't have it unless mum tells me I can have it. That actually saves our lives on, that, mm. on those occasions. And that is how important self-control is. You know, it can save your dog's life. So in those situations, I would go over, see what it was that they were indicating to me that was on the floor, pick it up. And then I would tell them they'd done a marvellous job and actually give them a reward from my pocket so i would actually pull out some treats and give them the treats rather than allowing them to have what is on the floor that's the other reason that it's very important that when you are playing this game you pick the the food up with your other hand and give that to your dog so they see it coming from the pile of food that they really want yeah so they see it coming but it's but it's you picking it up and giving it to them that gives them, them the, taking it. yeah that gives them the the permission to eat that piece of food it's the fact that you're handing that food to them and i think that's a really important part of the it's your choice game i've got a, a, a story that i've just remembered which we didn't have him take one again it was on a food thing i was out um, in my local village with my number one rottweiler and we were down by the village hall and I'd stopped to read the notice board because they always have what's going on, as you do on a local notice board. And my Rotty shoved his head into the bushes and I thought, what on earth are you doing? So he came out and he sat back down and he was just staring at this bush. And I put my head in to find out what he'd found because I thought he'd got a bird or something was in there. And somebody had thrown in like half of a malt loaf, which if people don't know what a malt loaf is, it's full of raisins, which again are poisonous. But he just sat there telling me that there was food 
in the bushes, but he hadn't actually taken it. Which yeah, was that's really like a good. serene loaf, isn't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I absolutely love with loads of butter it. on. I uh, love it oh, with loads oh. of butter. But yeah. um, had that for the first time last weekend. Oh, absolutely really? disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. So he was really, really, really good, sort of with things like that. The only time he failed me was walking along and we were outside the village and we were sort of trundling along this track and there was this little baby wren popping along and he just looked at it as we walked up the track. Anyway, it was sort of an about turny walk so we turned round, came back and I saw him looking at this little wren that was still there and I thought, don't you even think about it, at which point... <gasps> And this wren is in his mouth. Oh, no! <laughs> Did you manage to save it? Um, yeah. Um, one word of leave, which he had a very good leave, and little wren went all off up the track, <laughs> quite happily. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't always work, but food, he was, you know, he was very good at leaving. But um, this little baby wren that was running up and down the track, it's obviously lost its mum somewhere, and um, that was a bit... A little bit too much, but pheasants and partridges and deer and things he was very good with. But this little thing was just it too was inviting. Too inviting, too much of a of a, a distraction for yeah. him to ignore. And it was right in front of his nose. So he just had to try and eat it. But he didn't swallow it and he didn't kill it. So that was something. <laughs> yeah, that actually reminds me of, of another story. And it's not so much a story about self-control as in how my two dogs worked together to catch a rabbit. So what happened was that we were in Holland and we were having a walk in the woods, um, local to to where my mum and dad live. My mum lives. So I'm still not used to the fact that my dad's gone. Um, It's been gone for a year now. Um, So we were walking there on the... um, It's like a, a nature reserve type thing. And we're walking there and I had Shadow and Luna at that stage. And like I said, we were just walking along and all of a sudden spot this little rabbit. And before I could say anything, Shadow was gone and she was after it. And she was chasing this rabbit. And then Luna was just, she was running too, but she went further out and around. And I then realised that Shadow was pushing the rabbit towards Luna. Luna was heading it off. And then, of course, the rabbit just froze as she got closer to Luna and realised that she was trapped between these two dogs. And Shadow picked up the rabbit in her mouth, just by the scruff of the neck. So she was actually quite gentle with it. And she picked it up. And by this time, of course, I was already running after my dogs. I was thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to stop them from from having this rabbit? And I got to them. um, This stage, the sort of, you know, rabbit in Shadow's mouth. Luna standing there, ready to pounce onto said rabbit. And again, I just, you know, when I got to them, I just told her to drop it and leave. And told my dogs to to come with me and they just happily just awfully just walked away with me and then once we got about 10 meters i just glanced back to see the rabbit disappearing in the undergrowth (laughs) a happy rabbit a happy rabbit so he was a happy ending so they didn't eat the rabbit but again it just shows that although you know you teach your dog self-control 
things can and do go wrong. So, you know, having a leave is still important, but you don't need, you know, most of the time you won't need it because your dog will just, once they have learned the self-control, they will just choose to stay with you rather than go after this deer, uh, the, the, the rabbit or the deer or, or whatever it is that they, they like to chase. So another another little story about self-control failing, <laughs> but still having a good end because we also teach leave. So, you know, when you are teaching self-control, the leave is still important, but you won't need to use it all the time. Yeah, to yeah. constantly sort of tell your dog what you want them to do. It's an emergency leave. It's an emergency leave rather than a... You know, I always have to teach my, you know, tell my dog to leave stuff when she sees it. Because what you'll find that when you have taught self-control and when your dog has got a really good understanding of self-control and a good foundation in self-control, they will, you know, you won't need to constantly tell them what you want them to do. They will make the right choices without you having to nag them. And talking about self-control... I think it's really important for, you know, for lead walking as well, that your dog has self-control. So it's not just for when your dog is, is running loose off the lead. And self-control is one of the things that I will be covering in the new No Pulling Allowed interactive online course that you guys are the first to hear about. It's on its way. I have a webinar coming up on the 15th of November, seven o'clock in the evening. And that is where all will be revealed. So, you know, if you're interested in hearing more about this course, and if you want to join me for some really quick and easy tips and tricks on how to start improving your dog's lead walking skills, you can join us. I will pop a link to the webinar on the show notes so that you can sign up if you would like to. Shh, don't tell anyone else. And then, of course, we also have my book. It's what the course is actually based on, but it's it goes a lot deeper into it. But I'm not going to give you any more information than that at the moment. Just a little... Teaser. Teaser. Yes, that's the word. A little teaser. And I think that's it for today. So thank you for listening. If you are enjoying the podcast, then please like it, subscribe, share it, leave us a review, and um, we'll speak to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.